The Chicago Bulls now have a 1.8% chance at the number one overall pick and an 8.5% chance that the pick falls in the top four and they thus then get to keep that pick. We're going to talk about those chances, what it means for how the Bulls could plan and potentially how they could get creative if their pick does fall outside of that top two, but still in the top four. We're also going to continue our player evaluations today with DeMar DeRozan, and then we're going to talk about why the Bulls are further away than what they will have you think and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Right off the top, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. But let's get into the content for today. So as many Bulls fans will know by now, the Bulls won a coin toss with the OKC Thunder, and they now will have a 1.8% chance at the number one overall pick and an 8.5% chance to hold on to their pick. And here's what I'm going to say with that. If either one of those scenarios fall into the Bulls' hands, the Bulls are lucky, right? That's just what it is. We'd get extremely lucky in a season where, like I've said before, God ain't listening for the to the Bulls. So, you know, if we do get that lucky and the Bulls do, you know, it, it opens some things up, right? And here's what I'll say. If the Bulls get the number one overall pick, that's a clear cut. If they fall in the top two, I think that's a clear cut between Scoot Henderson and um uh, and uh, Wimbiana. Those are your your number two and number one, respectively, Wimbiana being the number one pick. If you get that, you draft Wimbiana. You, 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 you let it work out. It work itself out at that point. Does it kind of reset the roster? Does it kind of reset your timeline? Yeah, but it's the number one overall pick. And I think that goes without saying, right? I don't think there's many people questioning that. But my bigger question is, Yes, you do have, but I would say what the Thompson brothers um, that are that are next up as far as you know in in the number two, uh, number three, number four spots respectively. And if that does happen, right? Let's let's just say by luck of the draw, the Bulls get the number four overall pick, hold on to their pick. The more interesting prospect that I think at that point is: do the Bulls then look to maybe move that pick to try to get a disgruntled star? from another team and again that would mean that a star would have to be available that a team would have to be shopping that star a la Jalen Brown Dame Lillard uh I know some people even say Trey Young even though I'm not interested in Trey Young but hey maybe the Bulls are right in that case right do the Bulls then try to move from that pick to bring in a proven star now that you can compare that you can that you can pair not compare come on Hayes that you can pair with Zach Levine and then really try to take a roll of the dice with it like and so the thing that I look at is this, right, is that if that happens, you have to explore all options that are going to make your team the best now. Now, if you see either uh, Amin Thompson or Azur Thompson, Azur Thompson, as I know I'm probably murdering his name, if you see those guys as benchmark pieces that you can come in and that can pair with Zach Levine, they're both six, seven uh, wings that you can come in and bring in here and maybe could be your future at that wing position. So, but if the if AK looks at those players and say, yeah, they're damn good, but when bringing them in, that that our timeline gets pushed out four, three, four years, whatever. Or do you say, let's let's see if, let's call about Jalen Brown. Let's pair Jalen Brown with Zach Levine. And then maybe, just maybe, we can get this thing rolling that ne- very next season, right? With of course, you don't become a championship contender at that point. You still have to go out in subsequent seasons or maybe go out and get aggressive in trades to really form that team around them at that point. But at that point, you'd be looking at you have a Kobe, right? You have a well, potentially if we resign Kobe. You, you have uh, Patrick Williams, right, as, as your defensive, again, another player that doesn't necessarily need or uh, won't be getting a lot of shots, but then you have your core of Zach Levine, 
a great offensive player, especially when healthy, and Jalen Brown, an elite two-way player that still probably with a team that, you know, he, he probably can take more of an offensive load than what we've even seen from him in Boston, right? Again, this is theoretically, I'm using Jalen Brown just as a hypothetical here. Insert any star that could become available that fits with Zach Levine, of course, um, in that in this in this scenario. But it could you, right? You use DeMar's expiring contract, you do you get creative with some signing trades or some contracts you already have. That's that's what the what it would thrust the Chicago Bulls into, right? Not necessarily saying that it's an outcome or or a foregone conclusion that they don't take the young talent, because again, as I've been saying, and I'll talk about later in this episode, the Bulls are further away than what they would have you believe. Of course, bringing in another star, another young young star that fits Zach Levine's timeline a little bit more, um, of course, increases that, right? But, you know, it's, it, it opens the doors. And so while, yeah, we're going off hope, there's a lot of hope, is it likely that the Bulls get hold on to that top four pick? No, it's not, it's not likely that it ends up falling in the top four. With the Bulls' luck, it could probably fall. I don't even know if it could fall in eight, but that's, that's something that would happen with the Bulls' luck. It'll fall in at eight, uh, at fifth or whatever, and then we walk away, and unfortunately, you know, the Orlando Magic get that pick and keep it moving. So we'll, we'll end up seeing, right? But, of course, this is something that could drastically change the Bulls' plans with the offseason if they do it somehow get lucky and get to hold on to that pick. So let me know what you guys think down below. What is your mindset? Again, falls in the top two. I think it's clear what you do. If it falls outside, if it falls in the three or four spot, do you go with that young talent, or would you like to see the Bulls maybe go after a veteran that trying to get off their team? What would you like to see? And again, by veteran, I don't mean another 30, uh, over 30 player. I mean a player 25 to, to like the 27 range, if that player is available. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, Yesterday, we started our player evaluations, and we started it with Zach Levine, and we're going to continue it with DeMar DeRozan today. And DeMar DeRozan's season stats for the Bulls, 24.5 points per game on 50% shooting from the field, 32% from three-point range, taking about three three-pointers per game on average, um, 4.6 rebounds, 5.1 assists, one steal per game. I did not know DeMar DeRozan averaged over a steal per game, 1.1 steals per game for DeMar DeRozan in this season, and then he had 2.1 turnovers per game. He had a 59% true shooting percentage and a PER of 20.5. What does that mean? DeMar balling out, albeit a lesser amount than he did last season, of course, but DeMar still played very well for what he does. And when you look at DeMar and evaluating his season, yeah, he had the hamstring that hurt him a lot in the second half of that season and apparently was hurting him earlier than we even realized. And I think that you could see that when you go back and look at those games now that you have that information that he was dealing with that injury for months before he finally set a game for it. And then, and then when you look at, like, some of the still the issues that we've had with DeMar. Defense, his defensive rating was 113.4. That's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as terrible as what you would think either. But defensive rating isn't the full picture of a player's defense, right? It doesn't take some things into consideration. You guys know, I've talked about it all season. DeMar was terrible defensively, in my opinion, especially in pick-and-roll defense, uh, in transition defense, and in transition offense. He had his issues and his woes. Um, but DeMar's still clutch. If you look at overtime possessions, last we talked about Zach Levine. In overtime once, he shot the ball less than 30%. For, for DeMar DeRozan, in overtime, the first period of overtime, which we only had, what, two games of going into double OT? But in, in overtime, he was 11 of 23 for 47.8% from the field. That is extremely good. And then you look at double OT, he was 3 of 5, only taking five uh, shot attempts in those, in, the, in those times, but 60% from the field overall. DeMar is still clutch. He's not, he was not as clutch as what he was the season prior, but he was still very much a clutch player for the Chicago Bulls. And so 
with that, you have to evaluate and look at DeMar honestly. You have to look and you have to take a look at just the things that he was able to do. In fourth quarters last season, DeMar DeRozan shot the ball 48% from the field. That is actually, surprisingly, the worst he shot. Um, in, 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 in first quarters, he shot 48.2%. He shot 40%, 48% overall in fourth quarters, but in quarters uh, two and three, he shot the ball 523 and 54.2%. So he was not the, the king of the fourth in the same way that he was last season. And that's fine, right? What he did in fourth quarters last season was rare. It was amazing. And it was just in a sight to see. You can't expect that every season from a player. And while for me and from others, we look at DeMar DeRozan because of how he changes the offense, right? Because of how ball dominant he is, because of, he doesn't shoot three pointers as often as you would like to see from a modern day um, wing in this league. And that is what he plays for the Chicago Bulls team. DeMar isn't by any stretch of the imagination a bad player. He's bad defensively, but he's not a bad overall player at all, right? And the bigger, the bigger questions around DeMar isn't necessarily how good DeMar can be because we know he can be elite at the things that he does. The bigger question is, how do you continue to build a team around that while fixing some of the Bulls' overall issues that, that just hurt this team's offense and not playing a modern style of offense? And to bring that all home, right, let's talk about the Bulls. And the reason why I say that they're further away than what's, what they would have you believe. The Bulls were... Bottom of the league in three-point attempts. We know that. Now, that's not all on DeMar DeRozan. That's also Alice Caruso, Pat Bev. We have a lot of players that don't shoot volume threes, and you need that in the modern-day NBA, right? But we were 16th in the league in, in three-point percentage, meaning if the Bulls maybe took a little bit more, we would see better outcomes, right? We were a top-five defense in the league. The Bulls tied for third overall in the league in field goal percentage, right? And keep in mind, right? Yes, we, we top in the league, but when you look at their three-point, that's what takes us down. The Bulls are not playing a modern-style offense. And then when you, when you compound that with the fact that most of our players played 70 games or more, we had health. We're not going to have that level of health probably next season. That is a rarity. So when the Bulls try to sell us on this, they're not as far away, you have to look at the areas that they can improve in, especially if they try to run this same roster back. You got basically elite health from this version of the roster, albeit, of course, without Lonzo Ball, but we know we can't bet on him to be back next season either, right? So when you look at that, the, the reason why the, the conversation around DeMar, and Casey Johnson had this over on the Bulls Talk podcast today as well, over why DeMar may be the one to move on from, is just because changing that shot profile becomes easier when you don't have a player that operates primarily in the mid-range. Now, Zach, uh, DeMar has already said, I'm going to try to shoot more threes. Now, I know a lot of Bulls fans took that as lip service, and I understand that, right? But for the Bulls, and AK, one of the biggest things he did say as far as negatives on this team outside of trying to convince us that we weren't as far away as what we are was to say that we need to change our shot profile. But you still, to change your shot profile, you have to have more shots available for players that are going to take more threes. DeMar DeRozan being on your team is heavy ball uh, dominant. He's going to take a lot of those shots. And I know and I hear the, a lot of you guys of, well, hey, how would Patrick Williams look? without DeMar and being able to take more shots and Patrick Williams being, by percentage, our best three-point shooter. Overall, is there a way in which this team still works with DeMar? Absolutely. DeMar trying to sell us, and DeMar came out with a quote saying that, you know, really, when you look at it, between Zach's knee last season and the beginning of the season, DeMar's hamstring uh, this season, the, Zach and DeMar have only been 100% healthy at the, at the start of last season, for less than half of the start of last season. But you also had Lonzo Ball, in, the, in those times. And so 
not that DeMar is the issue. He is not the problem with, with the Chicago Bulls. If I had a pin, as many Bulls fans as want to pinpoint it on one problem, if I had any one issue, I would first say change coaching. We know that that's not going to happen. So thus, we have to look at other things to change on this roster. DeMar is great. And DeMar, it, it, as far as offensively and, and just his, the way he goes about the game, the killer instinct, I can, I can poke no holes in that. But when you look at the ways that the Bulls need to change, we can't get much better shooting the ball overall. We can shoot more threes. We, we, can't, we need to shoot a better percentage from three, right? When you look at those things offensively from the Bulls, you have to start looking at what, where you can make those changes at. And DeMar becomes one of those biggest spots. Now, like I've said, and I want to keep make sure that I'm saying, there is a world in which this can work with DeMar. I am no way saying the only way that the Bulls can improve is by moving on from DeMar DeRozan. That is not what I'm saying. But you have to wonder, okay, are you going to be able to change it enough with the limitations you have cap-wise to get that done? Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Let's go ahead and get into the mail back for today. This first voicemail, this one's from Big O. Hey, what's going on? Hey, it's uh, Big O, man. Just calling in. Great video from you and Pat this morning. Uh, locked on board. Savage time, man. Uh, specifically, when you talk about the roster and Vucevic, uh, I think some key you guys missing when you talk about, you know, Vuce, you know, first of all, is he going to want to come back? I don't think he's going to want to come back to be completely honest. I could be wrong. But when you talk about replacing Vuce, you guys, it's not going to be a clear shot guy that you're going to be able to name on the top of your head. Like, that's AK's job to figure that out. But also, the main part about that is that you guys not thinking about who you're dealing with as far as Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, though, doesn't mind playing small ball. We know that already. So when you talk about replacing boots, is you know, when you look around the league, there are plenty of big, young bigs, a lot of guys we probably don't know names of, or that we do know that, that we don't see a lot of production out of, that can rebound and shoot three. Almost 90% of the bigs in the NBA today are shooting three. You guys know this because it's the modern NBA. So replacing boots as the, the double-double machine, you know, uh, the all-star parents said, you probably won't be able to replace a guy better than that. That simple. But when you talk about getting a young player like a Nas Reed, a guy that's a free agent in Minnesota that killed Boots twice this year, when you talk about a guy like that who the Bulls can go out and get, who can shoot the three, who can pass, who's, who's a better defender, quicker on his feet. And when you look at other teams like OKC who got big, who can pass, rebound, and shoot? You gotta, you gotta open your, your, you gotta not open your horizon as far as what's out there that's not boots, but that's cheaper. Cause the Bulls have a salary cap situation. So if Boots decides to walk, or, or if AK decides not to bring Boots back, it really helps them spend money in other areas and then and bring in multiple cheaper bigs to play big back committee. And because Billy likes to play small anyway, he's just going to play small ball for most of the year, along with whatever other big bigs he bring in. So it's not it's not far fetched that Boots doesn't come back. And then you also have to uh, take into account the teams that's going to get knocked out of the playoffs, the Phoenix Suns. If they get knocked out by the Clippers, they may need to spend salary to round out their bench. And guess who the guys to go? DeAndre Ayton, a thirty million dollar center that. That's probably only going to average 12 and 8 because they got two superstars shooting all the shots. Uh. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say to Big O. And you, you named 
first of all, Nas Reed doesn't replace Nikola Vucevic. And that's when you start getting to, yes, you can sign other players that, that have, have similar skill sets, but it's not just about the skill set. It's about the impact. A player like Nas Reed, who's not a good passer, yes, he's a, he's a really solid defender. Yes, he can stretch the floor some. When you look at overall in his career, as a big, he averages 2.7 three-point attempts per game. Um, and in those, he hits it at a 34% clip. For a big, that's decent. But then it's his rebounding rate. He's not bringing the rebounding even with, with, with the rate. Yes, he's 23 years old. Yes, he's played a, a smaller role. But that therein lies the problem. You can say all day, look around the league at some of the other young bigs that can rebound and block shots. But it's also about the impact that they can have. Not just the skill set, right, but the skill level that they can have. And even that, and even coming out of that, one of the reasons why re-signing Vooch is easier than those things, if, if you don't re-sign Vooch, that doesn't just open up cap space for you to sign someone else. The Bulls would have to not re-sign Vooch and renounce every free agent that we have. That means not bringing back Kobe, not bringing back Io, not bringing back Andre Drummond if he opts out, right? Not bringing back Javante. Not, like, you would, and then you only have $16 million in cap space. Whereas if you re-sign Vooch, because you can re-sign him with your bird rights, you still have an $11 million salary cap exception, right? Meaning you now have kept on to the center that you know fits in your system, that you've seen, that you're familiar with, but now you have almost equal amount that you would have to letting everybody else walk with, with just a mid-level exception. That is where it becomes so difficult in how you construct a team, right? It's not as simple as this player walks, you get that much money to go out and sign another player. That's where the Bulls sit. And you can say, let's trade for this, let's trade for that. But now, now you're down more assets, right? Because very rarely are you trading a player one for one in this NBA. You're giving up other assets as well. That's when we talk about over on Locked on Bulls, why it's going to be difficult for Vooch. It's not just you can't, not because we can't just name names that you can theoretically go out and get, but how you need you would need and have to go out, go about bringing those players in makes it more difficult for doing other things. And we need so much more on this roster. So that's that's really what it boils down to. And so and again, this this is without the Bulls using either one of the exceptions that they can get for Lonzo Ball. If they do use the disabled player exception, which is the more likely outcome, I think, when looking at this team that keeps Lonzo on the books, that, that just adds more money for the Bulls to use. Okay, you, you can start getting creative then. But keep in mind, there's not a lot of these teams that are just gonna let these young players go, especially the Minnesota Timberwolves and the play. And I'm just using Nas Reed because you mentioned Nas Reed by name. When you look at, at the, the the troubles that the Minnesota Timberwolves are having with bigs, they're probably not letting Nas Reed go, especially because he's going to be a restricted free agent. So you have to start looking at those things as well. Yes, you can name names that theoretically bring in, but again, Nas Reed is not the passer. He's not shown any semblance to be the rebounder, which is he can rebound because by nature, he's a center he should be able to, but his rebounding rate is not that good at all. Not at all. And his passing, he is not nearly the passer, which what we've talked about, if you don't have a big that can also pass almost as good as Vooch, your offense is going to be clogged up if you still have DeMar DeRozan operating primarily as a mid-range and low-post player. So you have to look at those things as well. Oh, I know you're passionate. know you love this team. Thank you for always supporting the channel, man. And we'll end up seeing what the Bulls do. AK does need to get creative one way or another, whether it's bringing Vooch back or not. We need to get creative in how we build this team. So let's see what he does. All right, this next one, this one's from Troy. Yeah, guys, it's Troy here from down in Australia. Uh, first thing up, mate, I just want to say, just watched the uh, the episode with uh, Matt and Neil from Sea Red UK last night. Great episode. Love seeing those guys. Uh, they're a couple of awesome blokes. I was lucky enough to be on their podcast uh, last off season. 
So no, it was great that you guys you had those guys on. Uh, also, main point for calling, uh, talking about just I finished listening to your other episode talking about Zach Levine and your off season, well your season review of Zach. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on something like we all see know that last year he had his knee surgery, therefore he didn't have time to work out in the off season and improve on his game and all that sort of stuff. But people probably also forget that. The year before, he was also in the Olympics with USA, so he didn't have real real opportunity that off-season to work on his game either. So this is going to be the first off-season in a couple of years he's had a chance to work on his game, go back home to his dad's place in Seattle, work on his on his body again. Uh, so yeah, I'll be very interested to see to see how he comes back next next season and what he's worked on and see that get back to his full full strength and get back to his all-star level and actually get back to the all-star game. All right, tell me what you think, Hayes. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Go Bulls. All right, great points from Troy. Zach Levine having an offseason to just focus on changing his, not changing, but adding to his game, right? Not the not the rehab from, from knee surgery. To be able to go out and we saw Zach Levine even improve defensively this season, right? What if he does just focus on defense? What if he does add in? When you look at Devin Booker in this playoffs, Devin Booker has become a player that is playing defense and giving you elite offense, right? If Zach Levine can become that, it makes this team so much more versatile. Zach got to work on that basketball IQ. I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know if they have a sports therapist that can help him with that. I don't know if they have a sports professor that's like, hey, let's break down your tape. Somebody needs to sit down with Zach because I do think that, yeah, in the passion of the moments, you default back to what's natural. And Zach Levine's natural inclinations sometimes aren't good when it comes to basketball IQ type things. So let's hope that we can see that improve for Zach. And I think it will improve the team. But yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm excited to see what a Zach Levine that's not dealing with the injury that can come in to next season, just hopefully starting off on fire. He like understanding what he did in the after the All-Star break and trying to make that what he can do over the course of a whole season. That's going to make the Bulls more dangerous. That's going to make Zach Levine more dangerous. And I'll tell you what, I would love to be able to see a full season of that from Zach. Thank you for leaving that voicemail, Troy. But that is it for today's episode of Bulls Central Pod. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. I just said it. Uh, you can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys, and we're pushing towards 12K. I think we're like 13 subscribers away from the 12K mark. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're new to the channel. We'll keep giving you guys daily content even through the offseason. But like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.